a dog, but I love dogs. <laughs> I felt dumb because I had known about the movie for a while. And then I watched a review of it and the guy kept saying the name. And then he was like, it's a pun. I love dogs. I was like, dang it, you're right. <laughs> this whole I time I didn't that. even. It's, yeah, it's good. Looks to be a good one. I'm sure I'll report in about it in a couple weeks whenever I have time to go check it out. That and Pacific Rim, but Pacific Rim, the reviews are not very good. <sighs> I'm sure it'll be fun, though. Hopefully. Yeah, it'll be entertaining, I'm sure. Hopefully. First one was just so good. How do you beat it? <laughs> I en- I enjoyed the first one. The first one was good. We saw it in theaters, right? I'm pretty Didn't sure. Didn't you? Yeah, okay. I'm pretty sure, yeah, we saw it in theaters. It was way before I started going to see movies by myself. I think so. I think we saw it in theaters. I might be getting I know I did. confused with the newer Godzilla movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I know we went to go see that, but mm-hmm. I'm pre- yeah, I'm pretty sure I went with you to go see Pacific Rim. I'm pretty sure you did too, because I don't know who else I would have seen it with. Um, anyways, good times. Pacific Rim. Yeah. Go watch it. Del Toro was... Yep. Wrote and directed it. Yeah. Apparently he still wrote this one, but he stepped down from direct it. He was gonna direct it. He stepped down from that so that he could do The Shape of Water. So, yeah. Which, I mean, it sounds like it was a good career move, but the stuff that I've heard from the people who've actually seen the movie... (laughs) just makes me not want to watch it <laughs> ever um which is weird like we were talking we were talking with a friend last night who um said that he doesn't like del toro movies like he doesn't he doesn't like guillermo del toro and i was just like really that that stinks because i like a lot of his movies but then i thought about it and i was and i don't know his track record isn't that great he's done some really good movies but he's also done movies that I just don't really care for. So, I don't know. What was that one movie that we went and saw that, was it him? Where it was like these little... The creatures in the basement. Yeah, that stole your teeth. thingies. Did they stole your teeth? Oh, yeah. Was it the tooth? No, it wasn't the tooth fairy. No, that it was, wasn't that called was the totally tooth fairy. One. But they stole teeth. That's, that was the thing. Okay. Okay. I I honestly don't remember. I know what movie you're talking about. And as I'm talking, I'm going to like, type this into it was really weird and dumb i didn't like it it just it was very unsatisfying it's like you have this premise and it's interesting like gets you hooked but then it doesn't really go anywhere and it's just like oh yeah there's creatures they're kind of evil the end but i think that that's where it sort of lost it Mm -hmm. was actually showing you the creatures that's true yeah yeah, definitely. Because cause at first it was kind of freaky and then it's just like, nope, they pop out of nowhere and they're just like vicious little rat yeah, things. Yeah, I'm like, oh, you're okay. a tiny little creature. It's not that. Who would I mean, be cute if you had like, I don't know, fur or something. Like this isn't suspenseful anymore. <laughs> yeah. this it, It's lost everything. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. 
So I'm going through um, his stuff on IMDb. I haven't seen any of his early work. Um, he did Blade 2. I didn't see that. I actually haven't seen any of the Hellboy movies. So Neither have I. There's that. Pan's Labyrinth is fantastic, yes. which is, you know, what, in my mind, put him on the map. Yeah. Um, and I'm that like, I want to see what he has done. The first one of his that I saw. Oh, this is weird. It doesn't have... Um, it doesn't have the orphanage on here. That's really strange, because um, then it has Pacific Rim, like almost right after Pan's Labyrinth. Are those just the American movies that he's done? Maybe, or? something like that. Wait, so then where, maybe he was just producer. Maybe he didn't, I don't know, because that other movie that we're talking about isn't on here either, because mm. it was before Pacific Rim. It was like way before, wasn't it? And then it has Crimson Peak, and that was another one that was just like... Oh, uh, yeah, that was weird. Eh, it just wasn't... It was okay, I guess. Again, it was also predictable. I don't know. The weird, like, ghost things crawling after you Did you lost it for me. Did you watch it? All? I did. Okay, okay. I couldn't remember if you were watching it with me. But, yeah, I was just like... It was very predict, extremely predictable. Mm -hmm. It just, it felt like it was a, yeah, it was a story that I've seen a hundred times before. It had some cool CG, you the know, coloring like cool was images. Cool. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I guess from that standpoint, it was directed well, like the cinematography was good. It just, eh. Yeah. Eh. It's like you had a bad feeling about characters the whole movie and then... They turned out to be bad. Surprise, um. surprise. Well, no, no, no. They actually, that's what it was. At the start of the movie, it like tells you something bad is going to happen. And then you, you're you supposed to forget about it because then something bad happens. And it's just like, um, there wasn't like, there was no surprise. You, you telegraph that by literally telling. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, it, just, uh, it was lame. But. Anyways, The Orphanage is fantastic. I, I still think Pan's Labyrinth and The Orphanage are some of my favorites that he's ever done. Um, but I cannot find this other movie. Look up Katie Holmes. She was the one in it. Oh, yeah, you're right. You are right. Well, then, let's see. Yeah, he produced this new Pacific Rim hmm. movie. That's weird. So if you look up a director, it only shows the movies that he's directed, not anything that he's just been a part of. No. Um, once you select his name, then it has the different roles. And so then you select the role and it shows you the movies that they've done Oh, with that role. So first I was looking up director, mm -hmm. his role as a director, and then I was looking up his role as producer. Gotcha. I wonder if maybe he just wrote it then. I don't know. That's weird. Um, anyways, going through 2015 is way too late. It's gotta be earlier than that. Um, she was in Jack and Jill in 2011. I don't, what's that? That's that, uh, cross-dressing, um, Adam Sandler movie. Oh, goodness gracious. So, yeah. Um, you know, classic cinema <laughs> right there. Okay, did this movie just not exist? Because I cannot freaking find it. Uh, maybe it's just IMDb that doesn't have it because it goes from Thank You for Smoking in 2005, Batman Begins in 2005, 
Never heard of Mad Money in 2008. The Romantics in 2010. Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. That's what it is. That's what it is? I think so. Don't Be Afraid of the Dark? That sounds terrible. That might be what it is. With Guy Pierce? Was Guy Pierce in it? Yeah. Guillermo del Toro was the writer of the screenplay. So he just wrote it. He didn't direct it or produce it. Well, there you go. Don't be afraid None of the of dark. None of you care. <laughs> that was the name. Right. Yeah, we've been talking about this for like 10 minutes and no <laughs> one cares because we're literally talking about a movie that you should not go and see. <laughs> so now you know. Don't see Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. That was really the title of the movie? Mm-hmm. That is crazy. That is such a bad title for a movie. <laughs> well, I think Tooth Fairies would have been worse. But. Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Uh, well, I say that, the, the reason I mentioned that, because there was a movie that came out, I want to say it was last year, called The Tooth Fairy, and it was a horror movie. Well, there was a movie that came out like in like 2007 that was called the tooth fairy or something like was that. it a horror yeah oh gosh man what a stupid concept for horror <laughs> but speaking of horror i'll talk about something real quick is oh, that, that i've book, been uh, the yeah manga that you finished yeah i've been uh, uh reading a little bit and actually i'll probably reco where um where i had heard about this from but i've been reading a manga lately um uh, manga that's that's for any of you non uh, Japanese nerds like me. Um, a manga is just a comic book written by a Japanese person. That's just what they call comics. So um, I got a, a collection of short stories in manga form, a graphic novel from the library um, by an artist named Junji Ito. And the collection is called Shiver. And it was a collection of like nine different short stories that are done Um, in comic book form and I enjoyed it quite a bit Um, he has a really good way of creating anticipation and um, something that was brought out uh, that that I hadn't really noticed because I I don't read that many comic books I've been reading more lately but it's just it's not necessarily something I've grown up on but I've always well I've always enjoyed him I mean manga more than anything honestly but even as a kid, I, I had some comic books. It just wasn't a big deal to me. Anyways, something that was brought to my attention is how well he um, writes with the pages in mind. So, like, he will put... Okay, so you know how the, the show 24, how it leaves, like, every episode leaves at a freaking cliffhanger. Yeah. So that you'll continue watching the show. Yeah. Right? So he has this thing where... You know, the page layout, it's two pages. Japanese comics read from right to left because Japanese reads from right to left. So um, so the, the page on the right, you know, s- stuff will be happening. The page on the right, the stuff on the, on the left. And basically, by the time you get to the bottom left corner of the left page, um, there's a lot of buildup to what happens. So you'll see, like, someone's reaction or something like that, like someone's face... Um, who just saw something so it builds this anticipation for when you turn the page and then the next page will have like this huge picture of this monster or something something very horrific on the next page 
so your eyes don't accidentally glance on it if it was on the second page, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Like, it actually happens when you turn the page, which is really interesting because that doesn't happen with any other... I mean, it's it, that's very particular to that medium. You know, like, movie horror has different tropes that it can use. Obviously, like, musical stings or jump scares or something like that. Um, or, you know, the way that the camera is facing the character or the way that it blurs out certain things in the background to create tension. Like, there, there are different things that are very particular to each medium. With graphic novels like that, obviously, you can stare at the pictures for as long as you want. Mm-hmm. So you can't really necessarily put stuff in the background. I mean, you, you can put little things in the background that are kind of like Easter eggs, but they're not going to be as hidden as stuff that's out of focus in a movie, if that makes any sense. So it's just really interesting because this artist is very good at um, his medium in particular and using his medium in a very effective way. And his stories were pretty good. They were pretty interesting as well because he takes a lot of um, like normal everyday concepts and turns it into horror, if that makes sense. Um, It reminded me a lot it felt like it touched on kind of the same themes as H.P. Lovecraft, and I know I've brought him up before because I like his style of horror, but um, the kind of horror that is more um, uh, cosmic and unexplainable, and it's interesting to see that in a in a graphic novel um, versus in a book, uh, but it was done really well, um, and it felt really down-to-earth. Like, it didn't... Um, I don't know. Most of the stories didn't take place in, they just took place in like normal cities. Like this could happen to anyone, even though there's this weird supernatural stuff happening. But one of the stories that I liked the most, um, was this story where this guy was admitted to the hospital because he, um, was having nightmares and his nightmares would grow longer each night if that makes any sense. So he was obviously only sleeping through one night, but gradually his nightmares would last, you know, sometimes it it felt like it lasted a week and then it felt like it lasted a month to the point where he was trapped in a nightmare for a year at a time, for five years at a time, for 10 years at a time. And he could barely remember the previous day because to him in his brain, it had been 10 years since he had been in the real world and so he was starting to lose his sanity because he didn't know what was reality and what was just a dream and his body was having the effects of his mind being so old like towards the end of the story he um, dreamed that he married someone who was actually there in the hospital and when he woke up he thought he was still married and he was like we've been married for thousands of years what are you talking about so it was this really like creepy concept of almost not living forever but almost living forever and then the question was posed of what what happens when he has a dream that lasts for eternity what is he gonna wake up to the next morning he wouldn't wake up well right but in in his brain it lasts yeah yeah i mean yeah technically eternity you can't can't, that doesn't make any sense but that's kind of the question that it was posing um so there's concepts like that where it's not just like, oh, I can draw a scary picture, but something, but they were actual short stories just done in graphic 
mm-hmm. form, which is pretty cool, like picture, not graphic as in any anyways. Um so I enjoyed it. Shiver by Junji Ito. Um it can get pretty creepy. I showed you some pictures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some beautiful, beautiful pictures. <laughs> um uh, we won't go into that. I'll, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. It was good. I enjoyed it. Horror. I feel like I talk about horror a lot on the podcast. Mm, I, I don't know. I mean, we did an episode where we talked about it, but I don't think yeah. we talk about it a lot. That's true. Okay, cool. Because I really don't... Re- I, I mean, I guess it's just been lately that I've been getting into it more. And I say lately, like within the past couple of years. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, like Lovecraft and the witch and um the orphanage i just mentioned that movie so anyways good stuff what have you been up to the past week um a lot of preparation preparation what's happening you having a baby no (laughs) not having a baby (laughs) i I was hoping this wouldn't be the way that you reveal it to me that would (laughs) hey honey (laughs) um no no uh my cousin shout out to cassidy it's getting married in april and uh oh dang just a few short weeks away yeah hope uh and we're what's the word hosting Mm -hmm. yes her um bridal shower here on saturday so i've just been getting stuff together for that yep and started a new bible study series nice and yeah i don't know it's weird i feel like my mind has been more busy than my body really Uh uh-oh just just thinking about like all the things that I have to do, all the things that I need to do, and all the things that I should be doing. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of things. <laughs> but that need doing. <laughs> but I mean, after this weekend, things should calm down a little bit. Yeah. But well, I say that, but then Easter is the next. Right. Weekend. Yeah, that's what I always tell so, myself. <laughs> next week is actually probably going to be pretty pretty busy, especially for you. Um, yeah, it's definitely going to be busy for yeah. me. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I made a lot of cupcakes today. Hey-oh. And just finished frost- frosting all of them before we started recording. And yep, on top of taking care of the kids and mm-hmm. trying to get things decorated and cleaned up and... Yeah. Fun. Good times. Yeah. It will be fun. Saturday will be fun. Yeah. Gonna have lots of yummy brunch food and mimosas. Hey <laughs> All you women folk <laughs> we're having a, a big old egg hunt thing. We call it the egg extravaganza. Up at church that morning. Um and there's gonna be an outdoor band, so I have to work that morning. Yeah. Um and I'm pawning the kids off on you during the uh Yeah, you're during pawning the them off on me. <laughs> bridal shower. They'll just be with and me like they usually are. <laughs> an hour long shower with brides. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry. That was a office reference, by the way. But anyways. 
Um, it wasn't brides, it was guys, which is kind of funny. Anyways. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I wasn't. I just started talking. I, I didn't know where it was going to end. So. Got to end somewhere. Yeah. So I'll just keep going until it does. Where is it going to lead? Where is it going to go? Is it going to go to the left? To the right? Up? Down? I don't know. Maybe it'll just stop right here. There you go. All right. So we've had some um, we've had some craziness here in Austin lately. Yeah. Yeah. It's made national news. It seems like it's all over now. There haven't insane. been any more bombs, explosions. Yeah. Since he blew himself up. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Craziness. So if if you don't know, this was in our town, which is which is kind of crazy. Like Austin is known for a lot of things, but we don't usually have a lot of um these types of like I guess terrorism basically. <laughs> like yeah. I was going to say terror attacks. I guess it is kind of terrorism. Um but yeah, so if you haven't been paying attention to the news or, or it just it just isn't a big deal in your neck of the woods um ever since like midway into south by southwest so that was like gosh probably two weeks ago three weeks ago something like that um there had been someone who was putting bombs into packages and leaving them different places or sending them to people um, the first two, and sorry, I don't have all my facts straight, so I'm probably going to say something that's wrong. So forgive me, but this is my understanding is that the first two were mailed out like a couple days from each other and they were in the same general area of town, the east side of town. Mm-hmm. And, um, was it? I the think f- the first three were. Okay. Okay. The first three. Gotcha. Then I, yeah, I, I don't have it all straight in my mind, but. Um, geez, was it the first one that just injured someone or did the first one kill someone? No, the first one killed someone. Yeah. It was an older, um, black gentleman. Okay. And then the second one injured an older Hispanic woman. Okay. And then the third one killed a young black man. Yeah. Yeah. This is like a, he's a senior in high school, a junior, senior, something like that. I think Either he was a senior or he had just graduated. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Super and injured sad. his mother. Okay. It was inside of his home when they were wow. in their kitchen when the bomb went off. Oh my gosh. So he had gotten the package inside and opened it and that's when it went off. Okay. Yeah. And my understanding was that these were like unmarked packages or were they actually sent to the people? Okay. No, they didn't. Yeah, they were unmarked packages, didn't have their name on it. It was just like a random box with nothing on it. Yeah, yeah. Because that's when I had first heard about it was after the second one. No, no, that would have been the third one. After the third one. And um, so I was kind of just like, okay, there's a maniac out there like leaving these packages out. So obviously if I see a package that's not addressed to me, like don't touch it. Right. 
cool. I mean, like that, that's fine. Is I know this is weird to say we live in a big city. And so, um, someone dying or someone, someone dying violently can just kind of fly under the radar and not really like shake everyone in the city, you know, like that kind of happens fairly often, you know, like there will be a shooting in an apartment building once a week around here, you know, like, like it's not that big of a deal as an isolated incident, but after three times and people die, the other thing is that there was no motive. Right. There was really no like rhyme or reason. Yeah. It's not like these people, and that, and and because these first three packages were in the same area of town, like people were suspecting that there was something like the person was going after minorities. Yeah, yeah, minorities in general, but even just there had to be like there was some sort of a connection between these people. Mm-hmm. Uh, come to find out later, there wasn't, but um, the, it gave it a different feel like it 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 wasn't they weren't just isolated incidents you right. know this like is this, like this guy didn't know these people like right. they were just random houses that he chose yeah yeah and so and so that's when it started to get kind of scary but at the same time it was like okay just don't at least in my mind it was like okay don't mess with packages that yeah, aren't like addressed we know to me. that like they're okay. to look out for these certain signs exactly so if we look out for these things and we should be fine. Yeah. So then maybe a week later, I mean, it was, it was a decent amount of time. It was at least like five days later. Um, there was a bomb that went off because, but it had a trip wire on it. It wasn't. So the previous packages, you had to actually open them. Right. And then they exploded. This one. Well, it seemed like each one was sort of, different i don't okay. i don't know if the first two were actually opened um or if they were just moved okay interesting my understanding <clears throat> was that they had to be opened which again was why i was thinking okay like just stay away from packages that aren't addressed to me like that's not that's not going to be too difficult to do mm-hmm. but then the next one it had a trip wire on it and it was after the sun had gone down these two bicyclists were going by and hit the tripwire somehow. Right. Again, I don't, I don't have the details, but they were injured. None of none of them, they, neither of them died, but they went to the hospital because right. there was a freaking bomb that exploded. Um, and that was pretty close. It was a couple miles away from where I work, and I work pretty close to where we live. So it was probably less than 10 miles from where we live. Uh, and this was a nice area of town. We, we don't live in a like super nice area of town. Okay. <laughs> so we're not, but, um, but around us, there are, mm-hmm. there are some nice neighborhoods and this was in one of the nicer neighborhoods. So it was in stark contrast to what, um, what some people had thought like, oh, he's only going after, yeah, minorities or lower, like the lower income side of the city or something like that. Um, so this one was very different while it was still similar like a packaged bomb um there were some differences and then and it started to um look more like it was completely random because this one wasn't mailed to anyone it literally just had a tripwire so anyone could have tripped this thing and gotten hurt so um gosh what happened after that 
because that was the one where I woke up and we had alerts on our phone not to go outside one, of our neighborhood. It was that one, and then there was the explosion in in shirts. That's right. Was that the same day? That was the day after. That was the day that after. That was the day after. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So then a package was mailed from Austin. Technically, it's a little town inside of Austin, but it's basically Well, it was Austin. mailed from Austin mm-hmm. and was supposed to go to Austin. To Austin. Yep. But, so, yeah. Sorry. In order to do that, like it was mailed through FedEx. Mm-hmm. And so in order to do that, um, it was sent outside of Austin and processed and it was going to be sent back to Austin. Right. But in processing, it went off um, at the facility, at the FedEx mm-hmm. facility and injured someone who was working there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so at this point, yeah, that's what, six bombs five six bombs at this point that would be five because i can count that's five (laughs) yeah that was five and then yeah that same day they had that night um well well but they oh sorry they were um at the uh location where it was sent from which is pretty close to where we live yeah very far from no not at all not at all um which is really interesting considered considering where they tracked him down to that he would choose that location to send something from anyways. Um, but then, yeah, uh, later that night, another bomb, uh, went off at a Goodwill just down the road from where the package was sent from. Yeah. Yeah. And this one was, insane like this one was making me mad reading about it i mean obviously all of them are tragic and and like horrible yeah evil um but this one was apparently in like someone had dropped a bunch of stuff off at goodwill and so it was it was donated to goodwill so the person who worked at goodwill who was like taking in the donation Mm -hmm. and going through the stuff was injured Mm -hmm. when it went off and it was a different kind of bomb. It was, uh, so the other ones were like explosives and right. this one was like a fire bomb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm still a little hazy on what the difference is, except that um, it wasn't necessarily made to explode. It was made to catch on fire. It was made to start a fire. Yeah. 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 There you go. Um, it turns out the police determined that that one was not by the same person who had done the other bombs. The other bombs were much more deliberate. They were all like homemade with common household items, whereas that one was not. That was actually a like some sort of a device. They said it was an incendiary device, so a device that was made to to catch things on fire, mm-hmm. and it was turned into a bomb. So whether that's like, you know, maybe that was an aerosol can taped to a lighter or something, you know, it could have been something like that. But regardless, it was it went off and injured someone. So even though after the fact, we found out that that was technically separate from the other ones. They, they think is separate. Yes. Yeah. It's still, it's just sickening. Like why would yeah. you donate that to a Goodwill? A flipping good. I mean, like <laughs> the name of the store is Goodwill. Like right. it's there to, um, Goodwill does good for the community. You know, and so it just like why? I mean, that's like bombing a nonprofit. Like, why would you do that? That, that just 
Yeah, it 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 was very upsetting. I was at work. I was staying late at work um, when I read about it, and it just got me very upset. We we said some choice words over text message <laughs> yeah. when we were discussing it. Um, words that I w- will not say on the podcast um so then was it that night i think it was that night they tracked him down right or was it the next day i thought it was the next day okay Okay. oh wait 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 no i think it was that night it it was that night by Mm -hmm. the time that we woke up he had already been yeah because i remember you coming to bed and i was or no it was right before i went to bed and i was like I I have a feeling they're going to catch him very soon because right. at the FedEx where the package was sent from that went off in Shirts, Texas, um, on the news they were saying had like eight surveillance cameras. Oh, nice. So I was just like, there's really only a matter of time before yeah. like they saw who <laughs> they saw who it was on the camera and mm-hmm. would shark him down. So, but yeah, it was that that night. Yeah. Which was two nights ago? Yeah. Yeah, because that was Tuesday night. Yeah. That was Tuesday night, because that's when I worked late. And today is Thursday mm-hmm. at the time of recording. So, yeah, that was two nights ago when they, they tracked him down, um, which is crazy. I was just reading this morning how they did it, which, yeah, it's took a lot of detective work, which is, um, I mean, really cool, but kind of scary at the same time, using <laughs> cell phone tower data in order to to track him down but they tracked him down to a hotel they were calling for backup or a SWAT team or something in Round Rock they tracked him down to a hotel in Round Rock yeah so that if you don't know Austin that's like pretty far north Um, it's north of North Austin yes so and Austin's pretty huge you know like almost two million people Um, so or is that Austin in the greater Austin area regardless it doesn't matter it's pretty far from where we I mean that's like 45 minutes from where we are so um, Mm. sorry I don't need to be particular (laughs) they tracked him down there which was far from where he had mailed the packages relatively far Um, he was staying at a hotel Uh, while they were getting back up he left in his car and so the police were following him I don't know if they made it explicit that they were following him you know but um, then apparently he ran off the road into a ditch and detonated a bomb that was in his car and killed himself. So that ends his uh, acts of terrorism, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been on alert, you know, in, in case he sent out more packages since then. But it's been two days with nothing, so I'd imagine that he didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's even weirder to me is to hear about who this kid was. Right. Yeah. And you say kid because he was a 24. He was 23. A 23. Yeah. Yeah. Because I actually saw an article that updated it and said that we previously said he was 24, but he was 23. A 23 year old kid. Um, he was homeschooled, which really kind of takes me back because I'm just like, that I mean, this is just really weird. Someone Being would have those kinds of kid yourself, right? Yeah. Exactly, and having those kind of like tendencies to just try and kill people on a whim, like randomly. Um, 
Apparently he had a confession video. He made a 25 minute confession video that does not state why he uh, committed any of the crimes. Mm. He just apparently confesses to it. Um, uh, I haven't read up too much because I don't necessarily like I'm, I'm more concerned about the motive than like, you know, why he did it, why he felt the need to do that rather than like to build up kind of a sob story for him. Because frankly, there's no excuse. Like I don't necessarily care what I don't necessarily care his justification. I wanted his motive, Mm -hmm. you know? So, but anyways, what I have read is that, yeah, he was a homeschooled kid. He, um, he had just like moved out and he had a couple roommates uh, I guess he had moved out for a couple of years and he had a job for a little while, but then he was fired for poor, for poor performance. He wasn't very social. So it, it's just like, it's this weird, like not necessarily he, anyone who talked to there, he didn't have very many friends. So there weren't very many people to talk to, but obviously, I mean, it's the same story you hear about a lot of different, um, people like this where no one would have suspected that he was planning on making bombs and sending them out. Like, Mm -hmm. like there was really no reason for him to do it. That's what I'm trying to say is like, he wasn't, you know, beaten by his father as a child. He wasn't, you know, there, there aren't these crazy things that happened to him. And so he hated the world. He just, I don't know, wanted to make bombs and send them out randomly. Like I, it's it's just so baffling Maybe to me. He was just I don't understand it. Curious. Right. I have no idea. Right. I don't get it. Which is even more I mean it's it's that's even more terrible to me. I mean, maybe not. Maybe not more terrible than like a premeditated I want to kill you kind of a thing, because that's that's evil as well. But it just it's unsettling because it's because there's no closure. You know? Well yeah, I mean he he obviously didn't value life right and so i mean i don't know it is anything really surprising to come from someone who doesn't value life you well, know you know what i yeah. mean like yeah i yeah and that i mean it it kind of it just goes to show like people are not inherently good yeah at heart you know like there is evil in the heart we of man depraved yeah and you you don't need to you don't need to teach someone to do wrong um like that's honestly all i can say i i don't you know i brought this up on the podcast without knowing where it was gonna go because <laughs> i i don't have any like closing thoughts because the whole thing is just so uh it feels so out of the ordinary to yeah. me um and yeah i know we we usually i i tend to kind of make light of a lot of things and just i i'm a chill guy i like to be laid back and have a good time and have fun but this is like it's not something to to joke about you know i just it's very it's serious and unsettling i I think i I used that word earlier it's just unsettling Mm -hmm. because i i don't know what to think of it outside of the fact that like it's terrible like people lost their lives and 
we won't have an explanation of that this side of heaven. Right. You know, um, obviously we do believe that God has a purpose in all things. Um, and there are things going on that we can't see that we'll never understand. Mm -hmm. And this is a prime example of that. I I don't, I have no answers, (laughs) you know? Um, so, so because I have no answers, I have no idea how to transition out of that conversation at all. Do you have any other thoughts on that? Well, I mean, this kid didn't have Christ, it would seem. And when you don't know the gospel and you don't put your identity in Christ, it is a... Very likely that these, you you are way more capable of doing things like that. Hmm. Does that make sense? I'm trying to segue, and I may not be doing a very good job. <laughs> I'm trying to segue, no, and I, it's not happening. <laughs> oh, I think it was. I think it was a good segue. Segue into talking about identity. Identity. So, what about identity? You want well, to honestly, we were just trying to figure out what we wanted to talk about, and yeah. you've been studying identity in school, so I was like, "Hey," yeah. and we're doing a First Peter study, and I was like, "Oh, Peter talks about identity, so why not?" Yeah, talk about identity. So talk to me about identity. <laughs> now, um, yeah, so I started my second half. I'm taking half semester courses, you know, eight week accelerated. I guess they're accelerated. It's normal for online courses, apparently. Um, so I'm taking, I just started two weeks ago. This is the second week. And um, it's a class on self and social identity in Christ. And uh, gosh, they, I feel like they front loaded everything in this course. Now I say that I'm two weeks in, maybe like, at the sixth week, I'll be like, nope, they're giving us a lot more to do now <laughs> than they did at first. But um, so uh, there's just been a lot about identity and where people find their identity and different theories of identity, which has been very interesting. Um, it's particularly interesting, and I use that word interesting because I don't know because I can't quite make a judgment call at this point. It's been interesting because um, our professor is intentionally giving us different perspectives. So obviously the course is about your identity in Christ, Mm -hmm. but then she's also talking about where people find their identity if they are not in Christ. Mm. And that like reading stuff on that has been immensely frustrating. A lot of intersectionality. Yeah, a lot of, well, it's this entire paradigm of seeing everyone in categories of identity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's intersectionality. Without having any objective truth. It's simply where you place your identity. Because of your experience. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It, it it just frustrates the snot out yeah. of me because, <laughs> and and while there there are some good points that are made. So for instance, um, last week we delved into what's called social identity theory, 
Um, so you have the, there's, there's your self identity, how you would identify yourself. Um, what are like some traits that you think would define you or are part of your identity? Okay. So for instance, if you've been listening to this podcast, I have made mention about how I tend to be a laid back, chill, passive kind of guy. That's just, that's just ingrained into me. That's part of my self. That's how I see myself is I'm pretty chill. And in seeing that about myself, I know that I need to fight against that to be a better leader. Okay. So that's, that's self identity that, and there are multitudes of different ways you can identify um, things about yourself. If you, you know, seek to learn more about yourself and find out these things. And then there's social identity, which is identity about yourself that you find in relation to other people. And I thought this concept was really interesting because a lot of my uh, identity, I feel like, is wrapped up in social interaction. Hmm. So for instance, my identity as a father right. and as a husband um, is in relation to someone else. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's in relation to you. It's in relation to our kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are such huge parts of who I am. Right. Uh, so it, um, to me, I see that and I just see how God has created us for community. Mm-hmm. You know, from the very beginning in the garden, I can't pronounce my words, um, how God said that it is not good for man to be alone. Right. That community is built into our very being. Mm-hmm. We need other people. I mean, solitary confinement is like the worst thing you can do. Uh, is the one of the worst forms of torture mm-hmm. that you can commit on a person. And, you know, it, it, it shows that we need other people. So that was really, that was really interesting for me to even just look into is like how deeply ingrained our social um interactions and uh, connections are in terms of just who we are as people and how we define ourselves. Mm-hmm. So anyways, uh, social identity theory basically just talks about how people put themselves into categories, into social categories, and how um, those social categories affect people. So um, by and large, if you are a part of a group, if you see yourself, say, I, I, I'm going to try this, but I don't know sports, so forgive me. Um, <laughs> if you see yourself as a Cowboys fan, right? If you identify as a Cowboys fan, then if you meet someone who's also a Cowboys fan, you have a tendency, uh, social identity theory would say, you have a tendency to like that person more because he is in the same group as you. Hmm. And then if you meet someone who is in, in an opposing group or a different group, uh, and here's where my sports analogy yeah, fails. Yeah, I know you're kind of losing know. me because I'm like, I don't care about sports, so it anyone can be for any team, and it does, I don't care. Okay, <laughs> if you meet someone who likes Copeland, <laughs> then you're automatically like, oh, this is a cool person because they like mm-hmm. what I like, right? You know, in this group of Copeland fans. Right. So, but then if they, then if you meet someone who's a Nickelback fan. Oh, I don't care. You're automatically going to think. I don't care. Okay. That doesn't bother me. No, I I think if you're, if I were to meet someone 
who claimed reformed as part of their title, then I would, or Calvinist, then I would be like, hey, you're like me. Mm -hmm. So that kind of a thing. And you would tend to naturally think better about them. Right. Right. So then if you met someone who said, I'm an open theist, right? I think that God can change his mind. You would, that would automatically paint a lot of what you think yeah. about that person. I, mean, I think my eyes said enough. Right? <laughs> I'd be like, I mean, oh, like, no uh, matter what? what that person's opinion, and they're like, and I want to share with you this recipe on meatballs, right? You oh. would automatically think, like, I, I'm not quite so sure about your recipe on meatballs, oh. even though it didn't necessarily have anything to do with the, the group that they're a part of. Well, if it doesn't have anything to, I'm sorry. Maybe I'm just not playing into this. <laughs> I'm saying it's a tendency in people. And that's, okay. that's what that's what this theory is talking about. You have a tendency to Well, I prefer... guess it doesn't apply to everyone at all times. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, so, so one of the big things, and I didn't necessarily want to go here. One of the big things it talked about is uh, politics, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you identify as a Republican and someone else identifies as a Democrat, you're obviously going to think that they um, think more negatively about that person. So, I mean, like, comedians are all left-leaning, right? I mean, mostly left-leaning, and so, like, you think less of them as a person. Not not less of them. But generally, you will not regard their opinion very highly compared to people who agree with you, who are put in, in the same group. We're not Republicans, so it doesn't apply. Well, um, I'm, I don't know. I don't know. Like a comedian isn't a politician, so right, I'm just going right. to take everything they say about politics with a grain of salt. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so that is that's actually a really good segue because that's what social identity theory states, and I can see that by and large. And I would say that you definitely have to be careful about that. Right. So, okay. Here's another instance. I know I've given like six different instances. I'm sorry. <laughs> We've talked about Joel Osteen. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because we would not group ourselves with Joel Osteen uh, or Benny Hinn. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because. Because we would say that they are heretics. Yes. And we would not place ourselves in, sheep's clothing. in the heretic group. Right then automatically you are going to be skeptical about almost anything that they say by and large. That's fair. So that that's, that's social identity theory in a nutshell. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and I think it's helpful because it puts that in front of you. And I don't think that we ought to always. Although they would probably have great advice about good lawyers or like business yeah or where to get your teeth cleaned yeah (laughs) where to get fitting suits (laughs) um the best realtor for buying a multi-million dollar home uh uh-huh the offshore where to store all your (laughs) offshore assets um the best place yeah (laughs) okay okay we're done um so I, but I do think it's helpful because when you recognize that there's that tendency in your heart to prefer people like you mm-hmm. over people who are not like you, then you can begin Makes to address sense. that as a Christian mm-hmm. and say that that's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, that's not okay <laughs> to right. be like that. If yeah. we're going to follow Christ, we need to be like Christ. And yeah. he didn't, um, 
knowing right. that there were tax collectors and prostitutes in his vicinity hanging out with him per se. Uh, he didn't think less of them than he did the high officials that he spoke with. Um, so right. be like Christ, you know? Right. And yeah. so, so I think in that sense that social identity theory can be helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, there's nothing wrong with hanging out with people that you have a lot in common with. It's just like you're saying, thinking less of people that you don't. Right. Exactly. So the issues that I have (laughs) with this idea of social identity theory and what has come to light more as I've been reading more about, um, more about these ideas of identity and grouping people in, into these, these groups, um, is that it tends to emphasize these groups over everything else about the person and the glaring inconsistency to me as I'm reading this is that there are certain groups that people are a part of that you can categorize people as that people categorize themselves into Mm -hmm. that are given to you when you're born, you know, um, obviously that you have no control over. Yeah. The color of your skin. Okay, you can categorize people into white people and yeah. black people. The culture that you're born into, the culture, the your wealth status, exactly, mm-hmm. economic status, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, those are all groups that are given to you at birth. Your your sex, mm-hmm. right, male or female, that's given to you at birth, right. But then there are groups that you're a part of because you choose to be. Mm-hmm. And that's where I I just think there's an enormous distinction between those two things because um, while, like we said, you should not look down on anyone who disagrees with you, there are reasons why people come to different conclusions. And so I don't think that it is altogether wrong to... um, how do I put this into words? Basically people come to their conclusions. And so we ought to address how people come to those conclusions instead of just saying, Oh, well that's part of their identity. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like identifying by your personal decisions, I think is a slippery slope because it's not necessarily who you are that's what you think mm-hmm. does that make sense so it's so decisions can be changed i mean your right. mind can be changed on, on a host of different issues so why categorize people based on those and obviously there's deeply held convictions you know political convictions and things like that um but Saying that, you know, strongly identifying with the Republican Party or the Democratic Party um, says certain things about your values, Mm -hmm. right? Obviously, you can't assume that those people would would hold to all of the values of their party lines. But by and large, I mean, they're okay with things that their party is strong on, right? 
I mean, you, you would have to think so, or at least they don't yeah. consider those things big deals. Um, People who just sort of hitch their wagon to either political party just to, like, and, and just go with it. Like, you, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's, they are a Republican or, right. a Republican or mm-hmm. they are a Democrat. Yes. So whatever... And- whoever that party is pushing they are going to also push for yeah exactly no matter what no matter their morals uh, hence yeah. the president we have now <laughs> Hey-o. um yeah it, it it so what what i'm trying to say is like it it takes an entire like mindset in order to do that like the reason why there are certain platform the, the these platforms agree on a number of different issues is because they see the world a different way right does that make sense they have a different paradigm through which they're seeing the world and so when it's over things that you have a choice or an opinion on i see that as something that you can like actually discuss and not say that's an innate part of me it's not that's just your opinion right and your opinion can change. So it frustrates me to no end <laughs> when I'm when I'm reading these things about how um, certain groups are um, are, for lack of a better word, like persecuted. And I'm like, that group is just someone who thinks that. Like, it's right. not. It, they're speaking ch- for the whole group. They're they're they are saying that their experience speaks for the whole group. Well, and and the group is so diverse that it's and, and it's the group is not based on who the person is. The group is based on what the person thinks, and right. so it 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 frustrates me. Um, yeah, yeah. I, so I don't give know if I'm give an it. example of a group like that. So one of the examples in one of the one of the papers that I was reading was. Um, that it is a form of economic privilege if you believe that, and, and I'm summing this up, if you believe that um, a homeless person did something to become homeless and that it's not inherent in, and it's not inherent and systemic in capitalism. So basically, like, if you assume that the reason that someone is homeless is because they put themselves there, then that shows your privilege because people who are poor are going to stay poor because of capitalism and the people in power are going to continue to do everything that they can do to keep that power and to gain more wealth and take more wealth and exploit um, basically the lower class citizens. That's very interesting. That person obviously does not understand capitalism. Well, 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 no, no, no. That's that's what they're getting at. Is that if you think that capitalism is equality, then you are obviously privileged, and you don't come from the lower end of the like the lower economic spectrum. Like without even addressing arguments, it just flat out said it generalizes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And while I mean, sure. Not every single homeless person, like people get down on their luck. Like I get it. I get it. 
Um, I'm, I'm not, I'm not condemning every single homeless person as you put yourself there. That's not what I'm saying. But I think currently in America, by and large, if you exert yourself, you can make a living wage, a living wage. Okay. We talked about Goodwill earlier today. Right. There's a Goodwill, like just down the street from us and, and there are always multiple homeless people at the intersection right in front of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, asking for money. Yeah. When there is a goodwill that is literally there to give you a job. Yeah. There's also a McDonald's. There's also an H-E-B. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be honest. Part of me is a little fearful about how people are just going to be like, that was so hateful of you to say that they need to get jobs. But I don't know why. Just in the back of my head, there's always this nagging like SJW. (laughs) Why wouldn't they need to get jobs? Yeah. If they want to support themselves. Yeah. And not be on the street. Mm -hmm. I, I agree with you. Um, Like, I'm saying there are things in place in our community that help people like that. mm -hmm. But if they're not willing to get that help, then they're going to stay where they are. Yeah. Yeah. So this is why this is why the stuff that I've been reading has been so frustrating because I'm like their thing. Like when you just brush everything into these categories. Right. And then you make statements about the categories and say that it applies to everyone in that category. It's just, it, it frustrates me. And again, and I don't mean to paint with a broad brush either, um, because the the one thing that I haven't said about that, um, that came to my mind about homeless people in particular are, um, are disabled people. Right. Like that is a different circumstance. Um, and it's a lot more difficult to, to be able to take care of yourself when you're disabled. I would say as a Christian, I think the Bible kind of lays out orphans, widows, and, and people like that who, um, people like that, I mean, disabled people. Mm -hmm. I think that would fall into a similar category where the community ought to be helping them to a greater extent, Mm -hmm. um, in order to, you know, bless them and, and, and a lot of churches in our area have programs yes. put in place to do that. Yes. Yeah. And uh, even even nonprofits, like even right. places that aren't churches. We we have some really cool programs here yeah, in Austin. Yeah, Mobile Loaves and Fishes. Yep. But if What's, if you're not if you're not if willing, you don't reach out, yeah, yeah. then if you're not willing to do that and you'd yeah. rather just ask for money on the side of the street because it's easier and it gets you more uh, a quicker, you know, return on investment. Um but anyways, I'm not here to harp on homeless people. <laughs> it was just that was just the the first thing that came to mind um in terms of a in terms of something that the paper was talking about that just frustrated me. Anyways, so that's some of the stuff that I've been learning about in school, um identity, uh at least one aspect of what I've been learning. Mm-hmm. So, um you have a lot to say about identity. What do I you have to have say? I don't have a lot you to don't. say okay. about identity. All no, right. Well, what have you been learning about identity? Um well, I've just we've started the first Jen Wilkin first Peter study. Mhm. Um and Jay Wilkes. <laughs> so I've read I've read through 
the letter um a couple of times now um and even just how peter introduces himself mm-hmm. in the letter yeah really sets the stage okay um because so i'll i'll just Excuse me. I'm so sorry. Ah, big yawn. Um, I'll just read the first uh, verse. So, First Peter, verse one. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. First part. He says he's Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. That's how he identifies himself mm-hmm. to those who reside as aliens scattered throughout. Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, um, Asia, and Bithynia. Um, I'm saying that like a question because I don't know if I pronounced that correctly. But I'm pretty sure you did. Okay. <laughs> but just that right there, like Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to those who, you know, dot, 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 dot. Um, like that's his identity you know like he doesn't he does apparently peter was married i didn't know mm-hmm. that um but like you know he doesn't say that you know peter husband to blah 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 yeah or peter from wherever mm-hmm. he's peter an apostle of jesus christ yeah to Christ people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really cool. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because it also shows authority as right. well. When he's, to, you know, being directly from Jesus apostles. Super cool. Um, so, yeah, basically, like, listen to what I have to say. I think that gives credence to the, to the scripture as well. You know, spoken through um, the Holy Spirit. Inspired by the Holy Spirit. Right. It's the correct term to use <laughs> when you talk about the Bible. Um, yeah, that's really cool. Okay. And then in uh, chapter two, um, verse nine, is I wanted to touch on a little bit. Um, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. For you once were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. That was verses 9 and 10. Um, But he's just telling us who we are. We, and I mean, he's specifically speaking to the Jews, um, but he's also just talking about the people of God. So, yeah, even those who are woven in, mm-hmm. um, but he's telling us who we are, like we are chosen by God, a priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession the people of God. Yeah. Just always keeping that in mind. Like I am God's possession. 
Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a very humbling thought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, especially like because we were bought with a price. Exactly. I mean, and that's on top of just being created by God. Right. Right. <laughs> um, I mean, we're his to do with whatever he wants. You know, what we, does the potter know. say to the clay? Or does the clay say to the potter, why have you made me this way? You mm-hmm. know, so from creation, there's that. But then also as his people, yeah, we're bought not just with anything, but with Jesus blood. Right. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a good reminder. Um, and it has implications on how we ought to live every day and how we ought to think, live and move and have our being right. Um, It's good. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, the the one thing that has stuck out to me, I say one thing, um, but the, the, when thinking about Christian identity and and kind of comparing it to this modern, and that that's the other thing, I, I slip it in here real quick, is that this whole social identity theory is extremely modern. I mean, I think it was only since the '90s when it was first proposed, something like that. So um, there's been, I say, very little research, maybe not very little research, has been research done into it, but it is very much still a a theory. I, I don't know. As a Christian, like I root my my truth in the history of, like it goes back as far as creation, you right. know. So like it's thousands of years old. So when something that's been around for oh yeah thirty years, we've been thinking this way. I'm just like you're not going to yeah. upend what I believe in thirty years, you know. But like, it's like our country's new religion. Yeah, yeah, basically, which is crazy. Um. Anyway, so that was just a side note. Uh, the thing about Christian identity that's really stuck out to me when I've been reading these these other papers um, is how the identity that Christ gives us is the ultimate equalizer. You know, like these other thoughts on identity are trying to to find a way to make everyone equal and yet different and distinct, which are two opposing thoughts, right? But what Christianity does is it levels the playing field by saying all have sinned Mm -hmm. and fallen short of the glory of God, right? There's, there's no longer slave nor free. There's no longer, um, you know, Jew or Gentile in Christ. You're all the same. Mm hmm. Um, so all these distinctions that yeah, you make Yeah, we're all covered yourself. by the same righteousness. Right, right. You are all, so you can, and this is what's been glorious um, as, I'm, as I've been like thinking about it and writing papers, um, is that I can then identify with anyone with whom I'm sharing the gospel, right? You know, it, it doesn't matter if I'm a part of their... Um, if we have the same cultural background, mm-hmm. you know, obviously if it's someone with a different cultural background, you'll, you'll want to hopefully contextualize the message so that they can understand it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, Cause sometimes it doesn't translate when you try and go, you know, talk to a missionary, they have to do a lot of work in preparation for their mission right. work. Right. So, um, so things like that, but I mean, you know, skin color, you don't have to be the same color in order to share the gospel. Right. I can identify because our root at our core were the same. Mm-hmm. We're both sinful. We both have sinful tendencies and we're, we're dead. <laughs> you know, we're spiritually dead yeah. if not for the grace of God. Right. 
and proclaiming that message, uh, you can proclaim that to anyone and identify with anyone because uh, because we're all equal before God, um, which is just, you know, as, as I get frustrated reading all these things, um, the gospel becomes more beautiful mm. because it's just like, this is the answer to everything these people are like <laughs> running in circles around to find yeah. and they would reject the right. true answer while they're searching for for something that would right. put everyone on the same plane even though they have different distinctions amongst every person and just all these conflicting things um but the gospel is so beautiful um because it allows us to all come together as humanity um, before God and, and see the, while we do see, you know, like I mentioned, we're all evil. Um, we also see the image of God in each of us. So we also see our worth. Like you said, the, um, uh, the, the, the bomber didn't value life. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can value life because we see that it's a gift from God. And God's image is on each person. Right. Um, so that's where people find their value, not in the family they were born into or their temperament or any other number of categorizations. Right. So anyways, I think I'm done. <laughs> I think I'm done. I guess this has just been an explanation of kind of like how I see the world because I, I don't want to just outright condemn these thoughts. I want to see what I can pull from um, from these ideas and from these theories and what what seems to be true also. You know, like I said earlier, I think by and large, there's a bias. If you find someone who enjoys the same things you do, you want to be their friend. And if you find someone who hates the things that you do, you're repulsed by them it's to a certain extent um and it's good to know that so so i think there are good things that can come from even wacky (laughs) wacky ideas and theories um so long as you think about them critically from a biblical standpoint yeah it's not like it's not that the good parts of it are from that right the good Mm. parts of it or were first said by God in scripture. <laughs> right, right, yeah. It's people kind of like studying the outworkings, but at the core is what scripture says. If right. that makes any sense. Like like they're studying the way people act. Well, we know why the people act the way they are, right. the way they do is because we're sinful, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? It's because we're selfish. It's because, you know, any number of things. So, yep, I think we're good. We talked about identity. <laughs> hopefully um we've helped i don't know put some some cool thoughts out there i think it was a good conversation what about you i do think it was a good conversation yeah. all right thanks for talking with me babe yeah i enjoy it thanks for letting me ramble <laughs> and drink my tea no alcohol tonight just water and tea for me because this is thursday night and i still have to edit the podcast if i want to get it out by friday <laughs> And we have a full weekend ahead of us. So, um, yeah. Any recommendations for anyone? Ooh. Um, <laughs> I hadn't even thought about it. No dang. Um, I mean, we we do this once a week. I know, but I just <laughs> I'm never just think of recommendations. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it just doesn't come to... Well, we can't even think of a stinking topic for the entire <laughs> thing. Yeah, recommendations are a little harder to come by. Yeah. Um, I'll throw up... I, I just have one that came to mind when I was thinking, and that was um, what I mentioned earlier, where I had heard from uh, heard about Junji Ito. And that is a channel on YouTube that I've been watching that does video essays... <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, you know, I mentioned I'm I'm kind of a, a Japan nerd. Uh, most definitely more so in high school than I was uh, than I am nowadays. But I do have a penchant for anime and manga and stuff like that. Um, this guy on YouTube does video essays, um, but very good explanations of why he likes specific manga and anime. And some, even some um, movie stuff. So if you checked out the um, the video on driver, Taxi Driver, um, it's sort of like that, where he pulls these different concepts and these different themes from the forms of entertainment that he enjoys. And so it's much deeper than like, this cartoon's cool because they punch each other, you know, is is much deeper than that. It's like, the connections in this manga are really good. The characters feel very real and three-dimensional. And, it, and like I said about Junji Ito, the way that he can, he uses the page turns in the medium in order to, to bring about um, a greater reaction in you. Um, this guy pointed it out. His name is Super Eye Patch Wolf. <laughs> I know that's weird. He's an Irish guy, so he has a very thick Irish accent. Oh, that's the guy uh, you were listening to. Yeah, yeah. I've been watching a lot of his videos. I mean, primarily listening um, because it's mostly just, yeah, just essays. Um, but I, I've i really enjoyed it, because, and he's made me want to get back into anime and manga. <laughs> and that's what I've been doing lately. Um, I just started on a show called Hajime no Ippo about a kid who's getting into boxing which is so weird because I don't care at all, but it's a good show so far. Um, and the stuff that, and he highly recommended it. So I was checking it out and I'm like, Hey, this is actually pretty good. And I'll, you know, so anyways, super eye patch wolf on YouTube. Yeah. Um, so I do sort of have a reco. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just something that I've been watching lately. Um, so if you, want a clean, cheesy show to watch on Netflix. Um, I've been watching When Calls the Heart. I'm probably pretty late to the game. Oof. What? Even the title. I You talked about this show and you never told me what the title is. Oh, really? Yeah, that title. That is so like bargain bin romance. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, definitely. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's very... Sorry, I interrupted you. Keep going. <laughs> when well, calls the heart. Well, it's by the Hallmark Channel, so there I mean... There you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. It's it's funny, actually, whenever I've, I've talked about this show to Josh, I'm just like, yeah, it's not that great, but I like it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I that's know. cool. That's cool. I just like cheesy romantic exactly. things sometimes. Exactly. And... You're watching your cheesy romance. I'm watching a dude talk about cartoons. So, <laughs> you know, it's like we were made for each other. <laughs> so, yeah. 
There's my reco. Okay. And you didn't want to say anything else about it? Just that it's cheesy romance? Uh, clean. You did say it, clean. Yes, That's it is good. very clean. Um, it's about a Canadian Mountie and was it an American who moves to Canada? I don't know. What? I don't know. What's, mm-hmm. Who are the characters? What is it about? <laughs> Elizabeth Thatcher. There you go. And, um, oh, what's the Mountie's name? Jack. Jack Thornton. There you go. But yeah, she's from like a very rich family and she moves to this like small country podunk town out west. Okay, so they're all from Canada. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yep. And so yeah, it's just, I'm, I think I'm still in the second season. I don't know. But yeah, she's... It's just a back and forth with the romance between those two, mostly. Yeah. So that can get kind of annoying because it's just like, oh my gosh. Just tell each other how you feel. Grow up. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So Fun. I'm I'm probably not making you want to watch it. But. I mean, I'm sure we have some female listeners <laughs> stereotyping over here. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, if you want to talk to us, you can do so by catching us on Twitter. Our handle is at so underscore talk to me, or you can email us at so talk to me podcast at gmail.com. Do it. Yeah. We'd love to hear from you. But um, that is going to be it for this week. So, we'll we'll talk to you later. Good night. Good night. I'm so tired. (laughs) Bye. I've been like yawning and closing my eyes this whole time. That's true. I'm sure you've noticed. It's happening. (laughs) It's happening. But you've stayed awake, which is what matters. Now go to bed. I let out a big yawn in the microphone.